0: Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network.
1: You're listening to Linux in the Hound Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
2: Hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 234. Oh, Linux in the Hamshack. This is our Thursday weekender edition. This is the weekender number 12. So welcome into that. And uh, I guess we will just kind of jump right into it since we are the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And we can say that with some confidence. So... Um, this weekend and uh, next weekend in amateur radio, there are some contests and special events going on. So maybe Cheryl can tell us about the this week's this this weekend's rather contests.
0: Alrighty righty then, uh, the first one is the original QRP contest, uh, fifteen hundred Zulu July seventh to fifteen hundred Zulu July eighth. Uh, the contest idea is to promote creative or unconventional QRP hamming, like homebrewing or just doing it without your usual luxurious QRO equipment. And the second one is the Marconi Memorial HF Contest, 1400 Zulu July 7th to 1400 Zulu July 8th. The aim of the Marconi Memorial HF Contest is to commemorate the second century of radio and its father, Guglielmo Marconi. It's a worldwide competition. Everyone can work everybody, only CW.
2: I think that's like G- Guillermo G- G- or something like yeah. that which, which is Italian for Peter if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, so
0: since Bill just went to Italy, any clue? Yeah, yeah, he I learned
2: he learned Italian in the week he was there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ciao bella. <laughs> <laughs>
1: which also trans- yeah, which translates pasta. to where's the
0: wine and cheese? <laughs>
1: exactly. Vino e formaggio. Yeah,
0: there you go. Por favore. <laughs>
1: Pronto, <laughs> in which case they just point
2: in every direction. because yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so next weekend we have the IARU. I said that right, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. HF World Championship from 1200 Zulu on the 14th to 1200 Zulu on the 15th. The objective of this particular contest is to contact as many other amateurs, especially IARU member society HQ stations around the world uh using 160 80 40 20 15 and 10 meters note no work bands. we've uh established this as kind of a uh a theme among contesters it's a given
1: yeah yeah, yeah it's a given so that's also the uh, event that the wrtc 2018 is occurring on so you'll find those stations there uh for that contest all right very good so uh bill uh you want to take us through the special events coming up absolutely. Uh, Special event stations coming up. We have the 13 colonies, which is ongoing. It uh, should wrap up here in the next uh, couple days on the July 7th. So uh, if you haven't gotten all your 13 colonies plus your uh, two extras, I think that's what it takes to do like a clean uh, clean sweep or whatever. Um, Please uh, please get on there and uh, spot and help everybody else to get those 13 colonies. Um, Of course, that celebrates our independence. And as always, from July 1st to July 7th, uh, the second one is the Whiskey Rebellion Festival, and uh, that's uh, this is uh, July 3rd, so it's ongoing now through July 15th, uh, 24-7 looks like, and the special event call sign is W3Romeo, Whiskey 3Romeo. And this is in Washington, uh, Pennsylvania, Washington Amateur uh, Communications. Wacom uh, is going to be on 6 meters, 17 meters, 20 meters, and 40 meters, There's a certificate available, and you can check out their website for more information. And, of course, we have FIFA World Cup 2018 Russia going on. And that's football, not really soccer, but that's okay. We'll call it soccer because we're in the U.S. And that's still going on through uh, July 15th. And they have a special event call sign that ends in 18FWC, Fox Whiskey Charlie. And you'll find them on uh, various uh, uh, participating countries. So uh, check that out. Uh, you can uh, check out their website as well for more information and any type of special uh, uh, commemoration uh, certificate or whatever.
2: All right, very good. So a couple of weekends of cool things to do, some special events that you can get certificates for and some contests you can participate in, and uh, the special events you can use uh, the work bands. Hey, what do you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if your radio can do 12, 17, or 30, you're gold um all right so uh normally we would have announcements in this section right here but i didn't have any announcements does anybody have anything they want to announce is there anybody in the chat room has something they want to tell everybody um because now would be a good time i got nothing well let's
1: announce who we have in the chat room we have a new uh, visitor in the chat room as well that's true we had uh, mike k-m-8-y-o-r
2: but he had to bail because bill made us really, really late last year tonight. All sorry, Bill's sorry. Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry it's Mike. Not not technically Bill's fault, but we'll blame him anyway. Uh we also have uh Don KC nine Z M Y and we have Ted W A Zero E I R and we have Jim seven J one A J H. Uh they're the only folks that I'm aware of who are currently active in our chat room right now. So thanks for tuning in on a very late Thursday night and uh, hanging out with us for a little while. Absolutely. So uh, moving on, we have our Linux and Ham Shack Ham Radio Challenge, which we issue every two weeks on the Weekender. Uh, and the one I came up with tonight is participating in your local amateur radio club, whether you're a member or not, especially in an Elmering or initiation role. Get somebody who may be thinking about getting into the hobby, help them out, or help somebody who's already in the hobby in some way. Be an Elmer. That, that's my challenge to you for the next couple of weeks. And uh, I guess I'm issuing that challenge to myself too. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So moving on from ham radio type stuff, let's talk about some open source type things. We talk about that here as well. Uh, this one is mine. I threw this in here, and it's our distro to try for the next Fortnite. Um, and the one I picked. Oh, you is, said Fortnite? I did say Fortnite. Yes.
1: <laughs> I gotta go log in quick. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's
2: N-I-G-H-T-Fortnite. Oh,
1: N-I-G-H-T. that Fortnite. Yeah, that week thingy. N- thingy. Okay, I'm, yeah, okay Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. I understand the confusion. <laughs> right. uh, trigger alert, trigger alert, trigger words. <laughs> all right.
2: So anyway, uh, this is a distribution that I believe we have mentioned on the show before, and it wouldn't surprise me if we had. However, we have been you know, doing the show for 10 years, so it's entirely possible. I've uh, talked about it in the past. But there's a new release of Pingui OS, and I think we had some issue in the past whether we wanted to call it Pingui or Pingui OS.
0: I vote for Pingui.
1: Why do you vote for Pingui? Penguin. Well, I don't know. I don't know. This this has got to be before me. It's been a
2: while. Yes, I believe it was before you. So. Anyway, Pingai OS, or Pingui OS, maybe it's uh, based on where it's actually developed, what country it's developed in. I did not look that information up. So while I'm reading this, someone could be doing that. Um, It's an Ubuntu-based distribution, which offers a customized GNOME desktop environment, which is intended to be easy to use for new Linux users. The project's latest release, based on Ubuntu 18.04 LTS, includes GNOME 3.28, 32-bit support has been dropped in this release, and the changelog mentions several updates. Uh, The tweaked GNOME 3.28 interface, of course. Uh, New versions of OpenGL and the Mesa libraries. The file manager is the latest version of Nemo, and is based on the 4.15 series kernel. Uh, Downgraded was the DRI driver for XORG, which fixed a problem with RetroArch, and the Wineback repo is included, so it will be easy to install and run Windows Games. It also has XFAT support. Uh Docky has been replaced with Simple Doc and the Places Status Indicator. Audio levels can now be cranked up to 150%.
1: Sounds familiar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and some of the default GNOME maps have been replaced with Mate versions. GEdit has been replaced with Pluma. And uh, it's available, Pingui, or Pingui OS, in full and mini editions. And a link to that distribution will be in the show notes. So where is Pingui from?
1: Do we know? The UK. Ah, it's interesting. the UK, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's considered active. Uh, and it looks like it's been active since uh, uh, 2011. So it's probably based on uh, the version 10, 10.04. So that was the very first version they came out with. And uh we got a got a comment here from uh July 4th on DistroWatch that uh <clears throat> ouch very bloated and inefficient. So maybe uh you know just try it on the live DVD side. Don't don't actually install it. <laughs> or use your VirtualBox powers to install yeah, it in a Yeah, that actually VM. worked. Yeah. Yep.
2: <laughs> All right. So also in the open source universe, we have upcoming events and there's a big open source convention coming up. Real soon now, which is O'Reilly OSCON, this is a convention that I used to get to go to but don't anymore. Uh, It's in Portland, Oregon, as it always has been, or at least has been since I knew about it. Uh, It's July 16th through the 19th, and uh, open source is the way of the world, they say, Uh, from the explosion of AI with frameworks like TensorFlow, uh, MXNet, and PyTorch to blockchain projects like Hyperledger, Bitcoin, and Ethereum, as well as infrastructure disruptors like Kubernetes prometheus and istio oh, oh, istio that's, that's a that's a dash there uh, open source is the value that fuels new industries and pushes for long-standing ones oscon has been ground zero of the open source movement in its 20th year oscon continues to be the catalyst for innovation and success for companies unlike other conferences we cover they cover uh open source projects across all origins and affiliations um, the program focuses solely on projects in areas of innovation. So I wish I could go back to OSCON. Portland is such a cool city.
1: Yeah, it's one of those conferences I've always wanted to go to but never went. And uh, when I was looking for these uh, uh, conferences, I was like, oh, damn, it's too soon. I would... <laughs> It was just like a month out. Uh, I might have considered actually going because Portland's about a 10-hour drive from here. So it's not a bad drive.
2: Yeah, next next year you should definitely go. I got to go to, I think, four, maybe, maybe five. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, OSCONs. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic conference. And the Portland Convention Center, where they hold it, uh, is in. Well,
1: next July at this time, I will be at the World Jamboree. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm already booked for 2019 in July. So
2: Well, maybe I'll be at OSCON.
1: So. We'll see how cool. that goes.
2: Yeah. All right. So, Cheryl, you want to tell us about the next one?
0: Well, actually, I was looking up how to pronounce. Oh, pingui, pingai? It's it's guy. It says, uh, it's very easy for people to remember, but how should we pronounce it? And they have it down as P-I-N-G-U-I. So I'm taking that as pingai. Pingai? guy. Yeah. Okay.
1: That's the way I figured it was, but who knows? Unless you speak a different language, it could be like "pin Right.
0: Well, that's yeah. what somebody said. I'm French, and so it's pronounced "ghee." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All
2: right. So, tell us about the next conference that's okay. coming up.
0: The next one is the Open Source Summit North America. It's August 29th through the 31st in Vancouver, British Columbia. Open Source Summit North America is the leading conference for developers, architects, and other technologists as well as open-source community and industry leaders uh, for collaboration, sharing information, learning about the latest technologies, and gaining a competitive advantage by using innovative open solutions. Over 2,000 will gather for OSSNA NA in 2018.
1: See, no, I don't consider that a big conference.
0: No, I don't either. That's pretty Not like Cisco Networkers.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Cisco Networkers, yeah. Or a well, in and,
0: and Linux World and <laughs> Handvention. No, yeah.
1: Linux World wasn't actually that big. Uh, I thought it not, was not like
2: Cisco Networkers. Networkers actually takes over whole cities. They don't need convention centers. They actually need metropolitan areas for Networkers.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, and you went to Cisco Networkers, and there was yes. concerts and. Yeah, yeah,
2: Networkers is a fabulous concert or uh, not concert <laughs> uh, yeah. conference, which has concerts. Uh, yes. to go to if you can so
0: yeah because you saw what train
2: i saw on uh, one year i saw a train and okay go right that was when it was in las vegas and i went once when it was in florida and they had kiss which i skipped because i can't stand you can't kiss stand them, right <laughs> and you also
0: saw john cleese
2: yes john cleese was at the one in anaheim that was that was incredible i got to be in the same room with john cleese Um, and I don't remember what the show, what the concert was for
1: that particular year. I honestly don't remember. So, yeah, Yeah, the last networkers I went to was in 2002 in Orlando. And, uh, our, we had, uh, the big speaker was Chuck Yeager, was there.
2: Uh, I went to the one in our, my first one was in Orlando, but it was after 2002. It was
0: like 2007
2: or something like that. It was whichever one was in Orlando that had Kiss. So, I don't yeah, know I if they go keep to that trying. one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was out of the ISP business at that point. I had my fill. <laughs> 2007. It was 2007. Yeah. Okay. There you go.
2: So I don't remember. I didn't go to Cisco Networkers like consecutively. I think I went every other year. So it was probably like 2007, 2009, and 2011 or
3: something like oh, okay. yeah, that. Was uh, nice. uh, yeah. so I was
1: uh, into PitCon after that, so which was the uh, Pittsburgh conference for uh, analytical laboratories.
2: Oh, that sounds incredibly geeky. Yeah, yeah, it's very geeky. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Like
0: Lisa isn't geeky. Well, Lisa is pretty geeky, yes. Yeah, and you've been to most of those since 2000. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Now they've changed format, though. So I might be able to get back to that one this year. I still haven't really pressed on that. I
0: didn't think you wanted to go.
2: I wouldn't mind going. It's three days and it's in Nashville, so it's an easy drive.
3: Oh, that's true.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this open source challenge. It's like my Uh favorite place. Yeah, this one's uh, because of Bill, (laughs) and because uh, we we had a return to uh, GitHub dumpster diving in our last episode, I figured we should make our, well, not make anybody, but uh, suggest Suggest, that uh, our listeners, if they want a challenge, go root around in GitHub and see what's out there. Find a project that might be useful to you in the open source world. Uh, GitHub is a great place to find those projects, and uh, new and you know, upstart type people who are developing really cool things. And you can find a lot of stuff that doesn't build or work. So, you know, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you definitely want to check out the GitHub.
1: But and... don't look at my repositories because I have none. Okay. <laughs> I-, I have none either.
2: I have no repos on GitHub.
1: All right. So we're, uh, we're out of like the geeky
2: technical stuff. So now we're just going to move. We're going to like lay back, kick the seats back and, uh, Take a deep breath and uh, prepare ourselves for the weekend by talking about things of leisure like food and alcohol and uh, other fun things. And we'll uh, kick that off with Cheryl telling us about what's on the menu.
0: All right. So on the menu tonight are Baja fish tacos. Russ and I actually had these last Friday. We had some friends over for dinner um, along with some elote and stuffed jalapenos. Um, even those at the table that are not fans of coleslaw and actually refuse to try it. Uh, like me, I have my hand up. Yeah, you have your hand up. I am not a fan yeah. of coleslaw,
2: but, <laughs> no. yeah. uh, I was a fan of this one.
0: Yeah, they, uh, they raved about this version, and I think Russ has officially bumped this into the top 10 meals for the house. Is that correct? Yes or no?
2: It's, it's right up there, yes. Yeah, okay. Yep.
0: So, so for the tacos, you need, there's a Baja fish taco sauce. A citrus coleslaw and the tacos themselves. For the taco sauce, you need some mayo, sour cream, garlic, lime juice, cayenne pepper, and salt. For the citrus coleslaw, you need orange juice, lime juice, salt, pepper, honey, um, olive barking oil. Dogs. Yeah, barking dogs in the background.
3: <laughs> that is mandatory. They're hungry person.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> olive oil and sliced or shredded cabbage. Um the recipe actually called for buying a head of cabbage and shredding it. I bought the pre-done stuff in the bag from Walmart and some cilantro. And for the tacos, you need some
2: It's a it's a nice sort of backdrop to this. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm about You have a water bottle in here.
2: Um uh, probably. Hang on. Just chuck a beer at
1: them. You know? Yeah, I'm. You <laughs> don't. This is a beer-free zone. You know that we don't. Oh, there's, there's water bottles up over there. Hang on. I don't want you to throw anything flammable at jeez.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't throw whiskey or anything important yeah. <laughs> at him. They quit. Not a good they idea. so good. Yeah. So do you want me to re reread that? No. no, no. All right. No, just go. For yeah. It. <laughs> now, so now they're in here barking. Right. Go. Okay.
3: Go. All right, so anyway,
0: (laughs) uh, for the tacos, we need some cod cut into bite-sized chunks, salt, black pepper, cayenne pepper, cumin, coriander, garlic, flour, some beer, uh, some vegetable oil to fry all that goodness up in, and some corn or flour tortillas. We actually used flour tortillas, the fajita size, uh, because we're not big fans of corn tortillas. Uh, By the way,
2: there are two fajita-sized tortillas. tortillas and we had the bigger ones we had like the jumbo tortilla size they actually have a smaller tortilla size i noticed at the store when i was buying it okay
0: oops sorry so we
2: had the we had the tortilla uh, fajita grande is what they were called no i
0: don't think that's what i originally bought no it is what you originally bought because
2: the little ones were in a much bigger package there was actually like 20 or 30 of them in the package so (laughs) all right
0: hang on we'll water bottle please
1: <laughs> russ is gonna go kick some yeah dog he's, ass. he's
0: getting, everybody's about to get a bath <laughs> um, yep one just got a bath that she walked through the office <laughs> we have you know you walk into oh, our geez. house and you know, people i'm sure are like why do they have like 18 spray bottles lined up on their kitchen counter? <laughs> it's because that's the only way to shut them or the cat up.
3: Uh, <laughs> so yes, yes, yes. To get yes, off
0: yes, the yes. couch, spray them with a water bottle. You know, stop barking, spray them with a water bottle. <laughs> so, <laughs> the cat anymore is just like, you know, I am 16 years old. I have done that stuff for the last 16 years. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to sit here and watch yeah. you guys be idiots.
1: That's like entertainment now. Oh yeah, no,
0: it's definitely entertainment for the cat.
1: You guys are so stupid. stupid.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, here it comes. <laughs> oh my god. Oops, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sit back and watch. <clears throat> yeah,
1: the dogs don't like to get sprayed either. Don, that's that's the same thing. They they don't like <laughs> yeah,
0: it. Yeah, no, dogs dogs do not like getting sprayed in the face with water. So, Sorry. Sorry.
1: yeah, we used to have those too, but my uh, my daughter would steal the damn bottles and want to play with them like little squirt guns. <laughs> 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 so, so we could ever keep a bottle it's like where did the bottle go and the dog's like in the kitchen again yeah. uh, i don't know daddy <laughs> uh, yeah no there's uh, crisis probably in the backyard yeah. <laughs>
0: there, there were three water bottles on russ's desk there's like five on the kitchen cabinet there's a couple in the living room a couple in my office a couple in the bedroom yeah we, we've got them everywhere so 98 cents at walmart i buy like 10 at a time so <laughs> all, right, yeah,
3: yeah. all
1: right Okay, we were talking about yeah these we we're talking about tacos codfish, yeah yeah yeah. Tacos. yeah so anyway except for i wouldn't fry them i would probably grill em. I would probably do some kind of grill. yeah, yeah that, I, I don't like fry right stuff.
0: after after we did i was like you know i bet these would be really good grilled so
1: like a nice blackened seasoning mm-hmm, or something yep. like that get it like spiced up a little bit right yeah yep. yeah
0: so you know just mix everything together obviously the recipe will be in the show notes um and you know, it's pretty much an assemble while you yeah, do it because you don't want the coleslaw to get your tortilla soggy. But uh, yes, it was it was very tasty. So
2: yes, I enjoyed them greatly, awesome. and everyone who was here to enjoy them enjoyed them greatly.
0: Yes, even the so. ones that didn't like coleslaw, which I think was everybody at the table.
2: I have to say that beer better, even though you know you don't have to do them
1: fried the the beer batter fried fish was was quite good yes it was oh yeah cod is always good yep. at fried i mean but, i'm just a fan of not fried yeah, yeah. well we, <laughs> yeah. Don't, it, we don't my stomach thanks me later I, no and that's exactly it we
0: don't we don't do much fried but I every once in a while yeah, yeah every once in a while you know we do fry something so yeah we really
2: don't things and the thing is most of the things we fry have something to do with mexican food like when you make tostadas you'll fry, fry a tortilla tortillas right or something right. like yeah, that yeah. but i mean for, you know as a general rule we don't really fry anything even the things that would normally be fried like french fries like french fries or, or onion oven. rings yeah. or uh you know when you made the fried zucchini and stuff yeah, like that it, it was all done, was all done as a baking thing yeah. so right. so there you go you don't have to fry you can bake
0: that's true so, all right. Well,
2: very good. That was Cheryl's recipe corner. And we'll move on to my drink corner for tonight. And tonight we're going to talk about one of the new scotches that uh, the barking dogs got me for Father's Day. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, this one is uh, called aberfeldy 12. It's a 12 year old single malt scotch, obviously. Uh, it's bottled at 40%, which is 80 proof. Uh, it's a Highland scotch. And its color is gold. It's a sort of gold, lightly caramely yellow. Uh, there was some discussion, I think, whether this was colored and/or chill filtered. I believe we think it is both, uh, but we're not sure entirely. So,
0: no, I thought we figured out it wasn't, or was that was the other one?
2: I think that was one of the other ones. Okay. Yeah, we've been sampling many scotches today, uh, so we uh, decided to do this one. Um, one thing to note about this particular Scotch is that it's one of the major components that makes up Dewar's White Label, which is a blended Scotch, and uh, a major factor in its production is Aberfeldy 12. So, if you're from
1: Dewar's, like regular yeah. Dewar's, yeah, correct? So,
3: yeah, Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. This is one of the components that makes up the blend that is called Dewar's White Label. So, <clears throat> okay. um, the nose on it is actually a fair bit more interesting than the taste. Um, we, we read lots of other people's description of the nose, and we each took turns nosing it ourselves, and we kind of came up with a composite of the two. And what we came up with um, is a very light sort of indistinct or not something you could pick out specifically, but a light spice, uh, a honey sweetness, a little toffee, Unbaked bread, uh, basically the smell you get when you have the flour and you've kneaded the dough and everything and you're letting it proof that. Um, a little bit of pear, which I actually didn't really get until it uh, had a little bit of water in it and opened up and opened up a bit in the glass. Um, but there is definitely some pear in there. There's a little bit of pineapple, some green apple, and then cereal grain. so that's all on the nose, so uh, fairly complex on the nose, which is nice. The taste um, left a little something to be desired, quite frankly. It smells a lot better than it tastes. <laughs> um, so smell it and pour it out. <laughs> yeah, you could do that, I suppose. If you wanted to enjoy your scotch and not get drunk, you could do that. Ah, oh, it smells great. Pour it <laughs> Yeah. At, four- at the $40 a dead, bottle, right? you might want to just drink it. Um, you can mix it with something, I suppose, if you really wanted to. They mix it in doers. so there you go.
1: Uh, there. That's probably a reason why. <laughs> Maybe
2: so. <laughs> yeah. It is chill
0: filtered and it does have coloring out. Yes.
2: That's what I figured. I figured it was. But um, the taste on it we got was dry grain, you know, like a dry rye taste or any kind of sort of dry barley type grain. Um, sweet spice. Again, indistinct. You can't pick out a particular um, herbal note, but there are herbal notes. Uh, the apple is pretty prominent. Some honey, dry toast and to me i had the distinct impression of an aftertaste of almond roca and that was that was really pronounced and only at the very very end after it had been sitting on my tongue for a while and then i just it just kind of had this flavor of almond roca so
0: except you had no clue that the name of the candy was almond, almond roca. roca
2: right <laughs> we we came back around to it we figured it out but anyway that's what i got so the price on this is actually pretty reasonable. A 750 milliliter bottle will run you about 38 bucks.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry. <yeah. laughs> uh
2: will run you about 38 bucks. So it's relatively inexpensive. Uh, it is by far not <laughs> the best single malt scotch in the world. Uh, it's fairly highly rated out there. If you look at most places, it's rated at least about a four out of a five. So, I mean, it's not terrible. Uh, I'm going to give it a rating on my 100-point scale of an 85, which, for the things that I've tried, is sort of bottom-middle of the range. So it's not terrible, and it's certainly not expensive, uh, but you can do better in both regards.
1: I don't know. If we logarithmically looked at your range, you know, the bottom is like 80. Yeah, that's very
0: true.
3: (laughs) That's true.
1: And I don't think anything's fallen below like 82, 81 or something like that. I mean, I I want to know like what is a really
3: bad, yeah. bad
1: scotch. And that's, that's a challenge for you the next find time Find a really do this bad one. Is I want you to find something that you really
3: hate. <laughs>
1: Have
0: you had anything? Well, there's a couple in there that you said that you're not a big fan well,
2: of. Well, oh, there's some things that I am not a big fan of. But the thing about it is it's like if. If it's put in a bottle and you can taste it without vomiting, it's pretty much getting an 80.
1: <laughs> okay, well, find one that you vomit and we'll call it good. <laughs> I want to prove, prove there's like a little legitimacy to this whole well, process because I, I'm calling. Bull usually crap that on stuff this. doesn't like, get bottled. Everything's 80 plus. It's like all B plus. It's well, that's like, the uh, thing. I, I, don't I think, think so. that's the point though. If it's less
2: than a B plus, it doesn't get oh. put in a bottle and sold in stores, it doesn't get put in a bottle. <laughs> Okay,
1: I could I could probably go with that. It's kind of hard to tell the bottom though. Like, what is a real bottom? I think
2: bottom? it would have to be uh, from all the other reviewers I've seen, and I model my reviews on other people's reviews. I think this is the way it kind of works. But um, there are some really really terrible scotches out there. Actually, um, there's one I can review. The problem is it's a blended scotch. It's not a single malt, but I know it's terrible. I know it's awful, and I hate it. <laughs> um, so I could actually rate it and give it a rating. Oh, okay. So we can have like a like a Which base level what? bottom. Like what the, is the bottom? The, the worst scotch that I can think of, right off the top of my head, is one that <laughs> everybody has seen on the store shelves if they've ever gone to buy scotch. Seward? It's no, it's oh. J and B rare.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah and it, everybody yeah. has seen it. It's everywhere. And it is absolutely horrid. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Love it. That yeah, green bottle yellow label. Yeah, right, yeah. with the red letters. Yep. yeah i know yeah. exactly what you're saying yeah so yeah, yeah. uh maybe next time i'll review j and b rare so because you, you have to have a bottle set no actually. no i do i do <laughs> <have> a
3: bottle. <laughs> yep we're in the world uh, of that you, yeah. i
2: think it came from the auction so if i haven't if it hasn't been used because i would only use it as a mixer because i mean you couldn't really drink it as anything else but right. uh if i still have any of that left i will definitely review it
1: that okay makes, that'd be great So
2: there you go. Yeah, so we can we can have our baseline. Like what is the lowest rating a scotch will ever get? Uh, what is yeah. What is the bottom of the What's the lowest rating of a scotch that hasn't been urinated in? That's what we're looking for. Are
1: you sure?
0: Maybe it has? Yeah, are you sure that one hasn't been,
1: right? Yeah. (laughs) That's what makes
0: it so tame. (laughs) Uh, It gives it that twang, uh, you know. All right. Uh,
3: um. So anyway, uh,
2: Aberfeldy twelve gets an eighty five, and we'll uh, we'll explore the 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 depths of depravity in the next episode.
3: All right, all right. So, Bill,
1: tell us what you were drinking tonight. So I am drinking just crappy stuff that my wife likes. It's uh, (laughs) uh, she actually bought a bottle for uh, our 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 very helpful employees at the co op, but I uh, I thankfully drank it all tonight at the bookstore. Because well, you,
0: you know, needed something to drink. <laughs> there
1: you go. It was yeah. The air conditioning hasn't worked since May, and now it's really getting hot. Even though I mentioned snow the other day in our podcast, uh, yeah, it's hot. Tomorrow it's going to be 99 degrees, if not 100 degrees in Billings, and uh, our little bookstore doesn't have air conditioning because apparently the uh, you know the building owner is a uh, complete incompetent on hiring uh, AC uh, repairmen. Hey. So anyway, uh, so yeah, this is the new age white. And um, I am not a white wine fan. It is—it's um, very sweet. It's very white. My whole rule with whites are is that you know they, the the grapes haven't ripened enough to turn it to a red wine where it actually tastes like wine. So, uh, but like this one is a—it's—it's—you uh, know, I would I would almost say it would be a sweet prosecco if I were to describe it, except for it's not quite as carbonated as a prosecco, but there is a little a little carbonation in it. Uh, it's a 9% ABV, so it's really low. And this is probably because most of the sugar hasn't turned into alcohol yet. So that's what gives it a, a really sweet flavor. Uh, it's a blend of uh, 90% uh, Torontes and 10% Sauvignon Blanc. Um, it is very sweet. Uh, the uh, From wine.com, they uh, say the acidity levels, uh, the acidity leads to soft, semi sweet, and slightly effervescent flavors and a mouthfeel. It is extremely refreshing, vivacious, and sensual wine. I don't know if I would go that far. Um, It should be served well chilled as an aperitif or dessert wine. Uh, I agree with that. The colder, the better. Uh, It also tastes uh, great with uh, spicy Thai, Indian, Chinese. Yeah, anything spicy that you want something a little sweet with, but you want to get a little alcohol. Uh, It's it's not bad, but uh, I would put it at, like, you know, on my wine scale of liking, uh, you know, of like quality wines. It would be pretty much close to the bottom, like along with your ice wines and stuff like that. I do not like my wines to be sweet. But uh, if you like sweet wines, hey, this one's great. And it's generally pretty cheap. Uh, I think we get it for probably like $8 a bottle. Uh, So uh, you can probably find it pretty cheap everywhere else. Uh, You can find it even in gas stations and stuff like that. It's (laughs) it's a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's not, the, it's not the best wine in the world. So, uh, you're not going to, you know, look at your, your fancy wine shop for this. This will be at like world market and, you know, cost plus or whatever you want to call it, um, in your local area. But, you know, it's not bad and it, uh, it is quite refreshing, um, being sweet. I don't like pops or anything else like that. So I don't like or sodas depending upon the, uh, you know, area of the world you live in, whether they're sodas or pops, um. I don't like sweet drinks that much. And this is like just just sweet enough that it's almost palatable. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. I uh I, I have finished a bottle today and uh I have another glass in front of me because we have a open bottle here at the house, because of course my wife likes it. And I figured, ah, what the heck, you know, no sense uh throwing good wine after bad. Uh so I'll continue with the uh with a new age so uh try it out if you haven't tried it out and you you don't like uh white wines it's probably not the worst one in the world to try so give it a try all right sounds good so
2: you'll also have to come up with your worst wine too and uh tell us what that is oh
1: that's really hard that's like really really hard (laughs) well we know it's going to be a white so yeah we'll be a white <laughs> Yeah, pretty much any savon young blanc that is drier and shit and has absolutely no flavor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <clears throat> all right yeah so we're going
2: to wind up tonight with a musical selection and i'm putting this in here because some friends of ours have a band they've been working really really hard to put this uh ep out they finally did so last saturday night we went to the show where they released it uh the band is a springfield missouri band they're called bad dog no biscuit um their lyrics are they're really fun so if you want to kind of dig in and listen to what they're talking about uh you'll probably really enjoy this. Um it's a hard rock kind of stuff. Uh they are a three piece and uh they're really trying to uh you know motivate themselves upwards in the music world and they really have a a, a class EP out. Uh it's six songs and all of the tracks are over 4 minutes and some of them are in fact over 6 minutes. So this is not typical of your uh, local band kind of fare. They've actually uh, got some decent uh, lyricism, uh, some decent instrumentation, and, um, you know, uh, they they spend time in the writing. They're not just putting out crappy three-minute-long pop tracks. So uh, I enjoyed this really a lot, and I'm going to play the last track, track six from this, which is called The Devil's Lettuce. So... Let's listen to The Devil Lettuce by Bad Dog No Biscuit. Devil's Lettuce by Bad Dog No Biscuit. I want to really thank Shelby and DJ and Gary for letting us play that on here. And uh, it was really fun to see them and uh, hear that played live when they released the EP last Saturday night. So uh, I believe you can find it on uh, all kinds of places. I know it's on um, Spotify. I don't know if they've got it on iTunes or Amazon or CD Baby or any of those other places, but I I know they uh, have it released uh, somewhere where you can at least buy it electronically. Um, so if you're so inclined, you should definitely pick up. it's. Uh, especially if you like that kind of music, because it's uh, really, really good. Uh, the fifth track on the EP is called Swamp Ass, which um, I didn't really even understand, because anytime they play live, they're always playing in these like juke joints that don't know how to do sound. Um, so I didn't even understand half the words, but now having the album in my hand, I can actually listen to the songs and um i i love that song because whatever you think that term might mean it's not what they're singing about (laughs) uh so it's a lot of fun and i would highly encourage you to support well, local music in our area, at least. I try and support as much local music as I can, and these guys are a lot of fun. So
0: we've also known Shelby since he was like yeah, sixteen yeah. years old. So uh,
2: he's a he's a really talented musician, lyricist, songwriter, and guitar player. He plays like every instrument known to man, and uh, most of the stuff that uh, you know Bad Dog No Biscuit puts out is uh, thanks to him, at least uh, creatively. But uh, DJ is an excellent drummer, and Gary is a fantastic bassist as well. So there you go. All right. I believe we are down to the end of the program.
1: So we're going (laughs) to. We're having such a great conversation in the chat room about really bad wines. It's amazing how that topic kind of spawned everybody's uh, nerve.
2: Everybody has an opinion about things. That's the way it works. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. That's right. All right, so that's it. We're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, this has been episode number 234, weekender number 12 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And we will uh, catch you all on Monday night when we do our long format show. So hopefully we'll, what, go ahead.
0: Oh, I, regarding the album, it's available on iTunes, Google Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and most any other place here you can listen to music.
2: Well, there you go. That's
0: what they've posted.
2: And they're they're Bad Dog No Biscuit, name of the group, and the EP is eponymous, has the same name. So check it out. All right. We're out of here. That's 234. It's a wrap. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
1: And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for
4: listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreoncom Podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at LHSpodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net 8008 LHS Live. Until next time, over and out.